Yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have such an interesting show for you today, and I know that very often we talk about innovation on my shows. Well, today we're going to talk about, I think we're going to take some of those letters and turn it into a different word. The word is inventions. Ooh, inventions, innovations, they may be synonymous, but we're going to be talking about inventors, inventions, and who is inventing what, who needs it, who wants it, and are they using any tech tools? So let me give you a couple of opening quotes for our buzz today, and let's see where we're going to go with this. I have a panel of three. I can see them on Zoom, and you can't, which is fun for me, and you'll be hearing their voices in a minute. So our first buzz I have is from economist.com, and here we go. The buzz number one. In the 19th century, Inventors were heroes. Stephenson, Morris, Goodyear were the shock troops of the Industrial Revolution. Their ideas helped drag humanity from agrarian poverty, none of us alive remember that, to manufactured plenty. These days, though, inventor superstars, and I think we have three on the show today, while not absent, are fewer and farther between. I think we do have heroes on the show. Patent records reveal that the way inventions are made has changed over the years. So that's quote number one. Here's quote number two. This is from a website called bigthink.com. The future holds unparalleled visions of progress and intrigue for the curious. I think curious is the middle name of our inventors today where we manifest our hopes, our dreams, and even our worst fears. Well, we've had our fair share of inventive breakthroughs in the past that have changed the world. The dazzling and world-shaking inventions of the future will change the world in even stranger and greater ways. Ooh, that's so, gives me goosebumps here. So I have three modern inventors on the show today. We have Brian Freed. I've known Brian for years. He has been on TV with me in my New York TV show. He's been on other radio shows with me. And he has invited two of his colleagues, friends, students. We'll find out what the relationship. Alex Thole is with us, T-H-O-L-L. Hi, Alex. And Samantha Jane St. Raymond, and she said I should just call her Sam. So we're just going to shortcut Sam. So welcome, and we're going to ask them for their take on your great idea, the future of inventors. That's all of you. Inventing, that's what you do. And technology, that's my space, what I cover. So welcome to all of you. Brian Freed, you found me some, you told me they have great personalities and they're good talkers and I'm counting on that. So Brian, why don't you introduce yourself in case there are maybe six people in the world who don't know who you are? I I, I find that impossible, but I know you have your own radio show. Brian, introduce yourself. Take about two and a half, three minutes. Tell us what you do and what's your passion for inventing. Brian Freed, welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for having me uh, on your show. This is fantastic. I love just being able to get the message out to inventors and talking about technology and and invention. So myself, I'm an inventor entrepreneur. I've been inventing for over 20 years. I've been helping other inventors for 15 plus years. I've licensed my own products to earn royalties. I've manufactured products. I was on QVC, uh, the home shopping channel there for, uh, for almost three years. Um, I do a lot of, uh, a, a lot of different things. So I, I just uh, finished and I, promote, I just launched uh, Inventor Class. I've authored a couple books. Um, 
I have a, a show called Got Invention and uh, just continue to help inventors as much as I can to get the word out so they can get the right information, uh, uh, running inventors clubs and just being able to work with uh, inventors and hold their hand through the process of whatever they need to accomplish. And uh, I'm very excited to be on your show, Bonnie. We have uh, some very interesting topics that you told us about, and I'm, very, I'm looking forward to sharing them. Thank you very much, Brian. Before I, I go to Alex, who's next, Brian, I'm keeping you on speaker view here. Invention innovation. Do you think it's really the same word? I, I know we didn't talk about this before the show, but Brian, is it really the same thing, invention and innovation, or is innovation what an inventor does? Can you help me out with that? I think innovation is the, is the evolution and kind of the way it develops, and invention is actually the product, you know, or what, what comes from it. So there's got to be some kind of progress or journey along the way, whether it's an inventor getting their idea from out of their head to, the, to actually physically seeing something or uh, just things evolving that happen in our lives. Uh, just how we've almost had an innovation of like just things that are out there that just kind of evolve into something that you could see, feel, touch, like use your senses with. Thank you. That was great, Brian. He really thinks on his feet or thinks sitting down. That's really. <laughs> Thank you very much. As I was asking you the question, Brian, it was, and I'm listening to your answer, it just made sense. Innovation drives inventors, but inventing is something comes out of it. It is a product. We, we never use that in the business world. We only talk about innovation. Let me move on. Thanks for letting me put you in the hot seat there. Alex Stoll, I would love to meet you. You have been brought to the show by Brian Fried. And thank you. Brian, by the way, love that you still have your New York accent. I gave mine up years ago. I do? do I? Oh, oh, you, oh, oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. Alex, I have no idea where you're from or anything about you other than the bio you sent. So would you please introduce yourself to me and our listeners? Alex Stoll, welcome. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie, for having me. Alex Stoll. Brian, you do still have your New York accent. I'm from oh, northern yeah. New Jersey, so I can I can pick up on it. I don't even uh, think I talk to anybody in New York anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not recently. Um, so my name is Alex. I'm the co-founder of Dive Design. We're a product design and development agency. We help inventors, small business, and large corporations innovate and bring products to market. We do that through strategic research and market validation, uh, project innovation. We do prototyping and we do design for manufacturing. So we're helping everyone validate their ideas, making sure that there's a market for it, that the market wants this, it's at the right price point, and the design follows suit with what they're traditionally uh, going to buy. So um, we help set everyone up for success. Our whole goal here and our ethos is helping our clients get to market and not just designing a nice product. Alex? I think that's pretty quick. Uh, it is quick, but I wonder who are you? How did you get to Dive Design? How, how did you, did you found the company? Did you establish it? Who are you? What's your background? Yeah, absolutely. So my partner, Adam, and I founded the company about three years ago. We had both worked at other product development firms, working with inventors, working with small businesses. And we just got so tired of the drain that um, was the business. They just wanted to produce products, uh, earn the, the money and, and go on to the next person. And when my partner and I came together, we realized that we wanted much more than that. We were, we were in it for the long haul. We wanted to actually see these products get to market and be successful. And unfortunately, a lot of other firms, including the ones that we worked for, didn't do that. So three years ago, we came up with that ethos. We followed suit with it and we founded the company. 
Interesting. And do, have you invented something yourself or do you have a favorite invention? My partner and I have a few products. They're yes. uh, almost out, so I don't want to speak too soon on them. Um, we've give done me a, lot a of clue. Validation. Just give me a clue. What, what area? So, uh, Kitchen-related products, um, workout-related product, and uh, automotive-related product are three of the ones that we have um, internally going on right now. Thank you very much. Nice Absolutely. to meet you. Thank I think you. I just got put under NDA, Brian. I don't know. <laughs> Alex, Alex I, why don't you tell why don't you tell Bonnie and Sam and, and the listeners what what are you doing with those orthotics? The the orthotics prosthetics. So we're actually one of the first companies in the United States to work with Derek Campana of Bionic Pets. Uh, we produce animal prosthesis and orthotics um, using additive manufacturing. So we came up with a technology, a digital platform, um, and a hardware solution, which is 3d printing to make these, uh, full limb replacements for animals, mainly focusing on dogs. Uh, this was something that was never able to be offered before. And because of uh, utilizing additive manufacturing, we were able to accomplish that. And we'll talk about that more additive is 3D, commonly known as. Thank you very much, Alex. I got goosebumps when you're talking about that. Sam, before I get overwhelmed by the guys, it's time to bring on Sam, Samantha Jane St. Raymond. I love your name. And you said I could just call you Sam. So, Sam, why don't you introduce yourself? Take your time and tell us what do you do? And you're an inventor. What does it all mean? Well, um, hi, everyone. Uh, Brian, thanks for inviting me to the show. And of course, Bonnie, thank you for hosting. Um, So I live in Florida and I moved here from St. Louis about five years ago. And and I didn't know I was an inventor until about five years ago. So I'm very creative and done a lot of projects in my career, but hadn't actually tapped into inventing. So it's still kind of new for me to be into this space, Um, but I love it. I'm addicted to it now. I can't not invent things. you know, and as an inventor, you know, it's it's hit or miss. Sometimes you're really tapped into something and sometimes people look at you like, oh, who needs this? I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe somebody needs it. Um, my background is really hospitality for many, many years. Um, but I've always been an entrepreneur on some level. Um, uh, years ago in the 90s, I, I went and bought a pony and drove around to preschools and daycare centers and took a picture of kids on top of a pony and called it Pony Expressions. So <laughs> always kind of dabbled into something. Um, in my time in St. Louis, I launched a magazine at one time. Uh, that supported the live local music scene. Uh, It was a color glossy magazine uh, that covered, we called it Acoustic Through Zydeco. Uh, It was called St. Louis Sounds. And that was a huge accomplishment, had a ton of fun doing that. So kind of just that creative flair for a very long time. Um, And then moved down to Florida, was spending some time on the beach and just kind of opened up a lot of creativity you know, just, I think, being at the beach and the sound and the surf and the seagulls, um, just a very relaxing time. So started inventing really kind of after that. And Sam, and, interesting. And Go ahead, Brian. Your latest, and your latest one also, Sam, right? There's another 
Yeah, the, the the latest and greatest, what I'm really proud of, um, because I was a bartender and a server, I saw kind of a hole in the market, um, something that was kind of missing as a bar tool accessory. Um, so been working on it for almost a year. And honestly, I don't really feel like I worked that hard at it. The first one was really difficult because you're learning 10,000 ways that don't work. That's always fun. And so this one has been uh, a little bit easier, for sure. Thank you very much, Sam. Fascinating. I think we can add another word. We had I started out with the word innovation, and we added invention. And I think in my opening, I added the word curious, right? And now I think we have the word creativity. Sam, you brought that up. So an yes. inventor is curious. Cre- you mentioned creativity several times. Do you just wake up in the morning and say, oh, I think I'm going to invent something today. I think I'm going to do something out of the box and I'm going to wow people. Is, is that who you are? Is that your DNA right now, Sam? And Sam, I want you to lower your volume just a little bit on your microphone. If you have a way to just drop it down a little bit for me. Okay. That's it great. It must be that Florida accent. <laughs> oh, Brian's going to get back at us for that. Oh, oh we're going to have a good time. Sam, what do you think? Do you wake up and say, I'm a creative person. I'm just going to invent something today. What do you think? Um, actually, you're not really far off from that at all. Because um, in my own experience and in, uh, in other inventors that I've spoken to, sometimes you're waking up with an idea or you're going to sleep with one. You're kind of getting into that sleep zone and it's just there consciously somewhere and then a lot of times in the morning I do wake up with with new ideas now that doesn't mean they're they're wow amazing ideas but there's something that you kind of jot down and throughout the day it kind of develops or it sometimes it just kind of comes out of nowhere I think any inventor could probably contest to that as well that it it just kind of pops into your head and like Brian was mentioning earlier, you know, there, there's innovation behind that. And as you invent something that comes from somewhere. So it's my take on that. Thank you very much. Comes from somewhere. Anybody have any comments on that before I introduce our sponsor for today? Alex, do you want to say something? No, I, I, I think it's funny. I think a lot of my uh, ideas come out of frustration, as with many others. I think that's something that we I see a lot of commonality from is people get frustrated doing a task. And that's when... It's I think something. Brian does. Brian, you've told me you'll take something that's a, a regular kitchen implement or something around house. I say, well, that doesn't really work for me. What, how can I add something to it? Right, Brian? That's been some of yeah. your inventions. It's really like what annoys me or what I look at that I think can be done differently. And the difference is, Bonnie, that's when you stop and you take like note of it. Otherwise, it's passive. Like people come up with ideas all day long, every day. The question is who stops to think about it and how to create it? Thank you very much. I want to talk about innovation and invention because I have a new sponsor here on the show and I want you all to listen up. This is interesting. The sponsor is monday.com, M-O-N-D-A-Y, just like the day of the week. So imagine, I'm going to address this to Alex, to Brian, and to Sam. Imagine developing one of the first apps ever in the app store. Well, we know that ship has sailed. It sounds like a once in a lifetime opportunity but it's coming around again. Monday.com is an online platform that powers over 100,000 teams daily work. And they just launched a contest to build 
apps. Alex, I expect you to be very excited about this, to build apps that will be included in their marketplace launch. This is cool. They're giving away really cool prizes that will blow your mind. Rumor has it there's a car that starts with a T and ends with an A, but I can't vouch for that. If I wasn't an advertiser for Monday.com here because they're one of our sponsors, I'd probably enter it myself. I was a programmer back in the day, and I might be able to create an app. If you want to be one of the first in the Monday apps marketplace, start building today. Start your engines, ladies and gentlemen. You can check it out at monday.com slash the word future, lowercase F-U-T-U-R-E. So let me tell you a bit more. Monday.com is a work OS that powers teams to run processes, projects, and build custom workflows in one digital workspace. How important is that today? Monday.com is an easy to use, flexible, and visual teamwork platform, beautifully designed to manage any team, any organization, or any process online. And I know inventors have a lot of processes, Brian, right? So Monday.com works for teams of any size in any industry. It improves the coordination between teams and departments. And everybody think all the people who are working remotely now, how do you keep track of your teams? Who's doing what, when, what about deliverables? What about processes? What about deadlines? lines. This enables teams to move faster and reach their goals, and you can customize it to fit your team's specific workflow or probably come up with a new workflow for the new remote working. Monday.com brings teams together. You can plan, manage, and track everything in one place. So here's the challenge. The Monday Apps Challenge is bringing developers around the world together. Alex, are you a developer? Of Are you an app developer? Do you know anybody? We have anybody? a developer on our team. They, well, you got to tell you got to tell you, is that a, you want to name the person? You want to do a shout out? Yeah, his, Chris, his name is Chris Landau. He's fantastic. Chris Landau, this is for you. The Monday Apps Challenge is bringing developers like Chris Landau around the world together to compete in order to build apps that can improve the way teams work together on the platform called Monday.com. I'm so glad we're talking to him. Whether it's to help marketing, construction, sales, software developers, or any, any industry in between, we're looking for impactful, out-of-the-box Simply amazing. Isn't that what it's about? Simply amazing apps to include and even feature in the upcoming apps marketplace. I want you all to go check it out on monday.com, M-O-N-D-A-Y.com slash future, lowercase, no capital letters, F-U-T-U-R-E. That's the code for my show. So thank you to monday.com for sponsoring. We'll do another call to action at the end of the show. Thank you very much. We're very happy to have them as a sponsor. Now it's a part of the show where I've asked Mike, my panelists, my guests, my featured inventor, invention, creativity, curiosity people. I'm running out of adjectives. I'm, I'm actually running out of time for all the adjectives I have for the three. And we have to do, by the way, a shout out to Sean Taylor, Brian, who was supposed to be on the show. And she's in Louisiana and she's currently getting battered by a hurricane right now. Brian, you want to do a shout out to Sean? Sean, we hope you're okay. We hope you're safe, you and your family. Sorry you couldn't be here with us today, but uh, there'll be plenty more. Bonnie is uh, a true inspiration herself and hopefully she'll have you on the show. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, that's very kind of you. Yes, Sean, we're wishing you and your family well. Be safe. That's all that matters right now. Be safe. Okay. This is a part of the show where I've asked my guest to send me a quote from a movie or a song, something really fun that will tell our listeners that I have real people on my show. They're not bots. They're not robots. They're not presenters. They're real people who have a passion for talk. And by the way, we didn't use the word passion when it comes to inventing, right, Sam? We have creativity. We have curiosity. We have innovation. We probably have not enough sleep, which can be a good thing. I think best around one in the morning. I don't sleep anymore. So we have all all kinds of words we're coming up with for inventors, inventors. 
inventions and the future of that. So Brian Frieda sent me a quote from, oh my goodness, talk about a New York guy picking a New York song. Alicia Keys, the <laughs> song is Empire State of Mind, song per- performed by, it was actually performed by Jay-Z featuring vocals by American singer Alicia Keys from Jay-Z's 11th, only 11th studio album. Oh, this is 11 years ago, The Blueprint 3 from 2009. The song features a music sample of Love on a Two-Way Street performed by The Moments, written by Angela Hunter and Janet Sewell Willipick as a tribute to their hometown, New York City. They submitted it to Jay-Z's Rock Nation label. I don't think it got accepted. Later, they sent it back to Jay-Z himself, and he kept the New York part on the hook, changed the verses, and Alicia Keys recorded. Alicia Keys, by the way, her full name is Alicia Oguello, A-U-G-E-L, Oguello, Cook. She's a young lady born in 81, classically trained pianist. What a talented lady. And she was composing at the age of 12. Talk about invention, creativity, and curiosity, and passion, Brian, Alex, and and Sam. And do you know what age she was, Alicia Keys, when Columbia Records signed her the first time? Anybody know? Alex Um, thinks he knows. 16? Almost. Brian, have a guess? 17. Ah, go the other way. Oh. Sam, say 15. Sam, 15. say 15. Sam wins. That's it. She got it. No, no hints here. So here is, here is the, the section of the song Brian's going to talk about in terms of what it means to our topic. Even if it ain't all it seems, I got a pocket full of dreams. Baby, I'm from New York. And yes, I am. Concrete jungle where dreams are made of. There's nothing you can't do. Now you're in New York. Those streets will make you feel brand new. Big lights will inspire you. Hear it for New York. New York. New York. Oh, Brian, I got goosebumps reading that. I wish I could have sang it, but we don't want to do any disrespect. Brian Freed, how did you pick that surprise, surprise for our topic today about inventing? Go ahead, Brian. Well, I knew you were going to make fun of my accent. I did not. <laughs> Actually, Alex, too, and Sam. All right. Long, Long Island. I'm, from, I'm Brian from Long Island. No, no, no. Long Island. <laughs> oh, boy. Now it's coming. Brian, you started it. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to say that when when I feel like I just need a break or I feel like I just need to escape. I live about 45 minutes away from the city. And for some reason, whether like when I'm driving in or I'm on the train or whatever, I'm listening to something, the song comes on. And if it doesn't come on and I'm getting close to uh, getting in the city, I put it on. It's just something about the song just kind of like pumps me up. And it gives me some inspiration and it just reminds me of that anything is possible. And that's one of the things that I believe in. And when I talk to inventors is that, okay, maybe you might hit a brick wall. It's possible. You just have to figure out how it may not be easy. It may be difficult, but you'll figure out a way to come up with it. And I just feel like that's a really, the song is inspirational and it makes me feel good. And the way that you kind of felt the goosebumps, that that's how I feel. It, it just clears your mind and it just, it's like, ah, time to invent. <laughs> nice. I love that. And by the way, the line that comes out at me, jumps out at me from the lyrics, Brian, are where dreams are made of. We talked about that. We're adding Sam and Alex and Brian, we're adding another word to our inventor vocabulary, dreams, hmm. where dreams are made of dreams, curiosity, passion, creativity, Right. Thinking outside the box, frustration. Alex, I'm trying to remember all of the the keywords. I've never built a keyword vocabulary on the air on a live show. What's that? Annoying. 
annoying. <laughs> you talking? You talking? You talking about anybody in particular? You're right. And 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 Brian, this has fueled some of your inventions where something didn't quite work. You want to give us one example? Not the egg tray. What about the tongs? Give give us a tongue, an example of something you invented for household use. Sure. Well, uh, I could show you this this thing. Okay, remember we're on radio, so they can't see it. I, I like the tong idea. Okay. Brian likes to add something small to a product that already exists yeah. uh, to improve I, it. I do have my tongues over here. So basically, let me see if I have them close. Uh, where are your tongues? Oh, boy. That's all right. You can just describe them. Uh, so there's a set of food tongues that you buy. And at the end, they have like that, that piece that you pull up to lock the tongues in place. Mm -hmm. So... I was like, there's all that space in the in the end of the tongues, like that lock. And sometimes when I unlocked it and I opened it, the tongues were so wide and it's like, yes. you know, they snap at you. <laughs> so, I found it. What did you do to them to make them snap at you, Brian? <laughs> Your bad tongue snap well, at me. You know what, Bonnie? They were annoying. Okay. <laughs> so, Alex, they were frustrating him, Alex. Frustration. Oh, Go ahead. man. So what I did was I took th this piece here and I made grooves in it. So now the t uh, these are in, uh, still in the packaging under Farberware Pro. Yes. But uh, now you can open them and close them uh, in the small, medium, and large opening. So, so Brian, this is this is the little tab at the top that keeps it open and closed yep. that you pull up and down. Yep, you just right. They have little grooves in it, so now you can open it small, medium, and large opening, and then it still locks to lock. So when you're at the store and you have uh, many different tongues that are on the hanging, and this one has a, another purpose to it, which one would you buy if it's the same price? Mm-hmm. The one that gives me more options that will not snap back at me and not hurt me and not make me feel frustrated or mad, right? That's right. And every time one of them sells, I earn a royalty from it. So just, you know. Fascinating. So you're, one of your, your mantras, shall we say, Brian, is find something that's already a product that already exists, that somebody has marketed, sold, manufactured, everything. It's there. And does it work for me rather than saying, oh, I'm going to put a rubber band on it or I'm not going to use it. I got to use two hands to control this. You're saying I'm going to go out and invent an addition, addition or a variation on it and then you go and add that to the product. Now, do you have to get permission from the original inventor, Brian? Or well, just quickly, what's the legality yeah. of saying, I want to improve what you did? Well, that's what most inventions are, are, are evolution, innovation. It's another word. Right? So, the, so basically, I want to make sure that when I'm coming up with something that I can call it my own. And I'm not infringing on somebody else's intellectual property. So, yes, tongues existed, but there's a new utility there's a new function a new purpose of the way that these tongues work and that piece so that's okay so i ended up getting uh per, not not necessarily permission i did a patent search i did i went through the steps of of uh prototyping making sure that it worked and then i i ended up filing for a, a patent and i ended up getting a fully issued utility patent on it so now i can rent the rights to my intellectual property to any company uh, like Farberware Pro, and uh, and and every time they sell, I earn a royalty from it. So we have just seen the evolution of product development. We just added evolution to our vocabulary. It's the first time I've ever done that. That's really Bonnie. really cool. Yes, Alex. 
So innovation doesn't need to start from scratch. I, I really do mm-hmm. want to piggyback off what Brian said here. Is yes. You can innovate and, and you can be successful working off of something that's existing that frustrates you or annoys you or that you see validation in pursuing. Um, and you can also find innovation from creating something that hasn't entered the market yet. One, of course, is a lot harder to obtain than the other, but I think Thank that's important you. for everyone to uh, hear. Fascinating. And I'm going to move on to the quote you sent me, Alex Thal. And this is a quote from the group, the Growlers from the song Night Ride. Let me, I didn't hear, but I've never heard of them. So Growlers are an American man from Southern California, SoCal. They began in 2006, currently comprised of singer Brooks Nielsen. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm all choked up because I never heard of the Growlers. See, it's your fault, Alex. <laughs> and keyboard player, guitarist Kyle Straka. They released seven albums. Who knew? Several LPs, EPs, EPs, extended plays. Do we still talk about those? And singles. The sound has been described as, quote, trademark style of music that somehow combines surf, pop, rock, and beat. It's been labeled beach goth. I can only imagine what they wear. Here is the quote, and I'm going to give the quote as far as two lines of lyrics, Alex, if you'll permit me. So the quote is, Tomorrow night will go on without you, go on without you there. Tomorrow night will go on without you till dawn and no one will care. So the line Alex is going to talk about is tomorrow night will go on without you. I actually like that. That's like, okay, we're moving ahead. We're evolving. What in the world does it mean? Alex, fascinating. Go ahead. You're striking the chord there, Bonnie. Um, You know, a lot of times in product development, when we're helping our clients um, or even working on our own projects, we can sometimes get really caught up in fine details and we can get really caught up in one part and we start to lose track of what we're trying to achieve. And so whenever I'm feeling that way, whenever I'm feeling kind of caught up or whenever part of our team is feeling kind of caught up, I put this on and it is soothing. It really is a beachy vibe. It kind of calms you down. Just like Sam down at the beach has a lot of her ideas pop in there. This kind of relaxes you and it reminds you that no matter what, if you stick here and you get stuck on this, everything's going to keep going without you and you're going to start falling behind. And that's a very good reminder for us because we have to always keep in mind the, the bigger picture. It's not just about every single detail, but it's about the bigger picture and how we get and achieve that bigger picture. So for me, listening to this song always brings me back to the reality that I need to keep moving forward no matter what. I need to keep mm-hmm. thinking of different ways of solving problems mm-hmm. and that it's important to do that to not only stay on track, mm-hmm. but know that there's other people out there trying to achieve probably something similar. So it's a, it comes back down to like speed and staying focused. Interesting. And let me just pose a question, Sam, I'm going to get to your movie quote in a minute, which is lovely. Uh, Question is, so many people say, oh, I wish this could be better. Oh, but somebody is probably already doing it, or I don't know how to do it. But we all get a, well, it's really not so bad. Okay, so this doesn't work in my kitchen. Okay, so this doesn't fit the peg in the hole, whatever you're trying to do. And they stop short. Brian, what if the whole world decided to invent stuff? Think of what would would happen with, with the patent office. I don't even know if everybody's still working there. Brian, go ahead. Bonnie, they do. Everybody does invent stuff. The question is, what do they do when they have the idea? There you go. Okay. They invent ideas, but I'm talking about bringing products to market. Can you yeah. imagine what, what a world we would have if, if, if you took a block of 10 people and you say, okay, today is Mary and Joe's turn. Go invent something. And in 12 months, we expect to see it. And then it's, it's Bob and Sue's turn in the next. Alex, you want to say something? Can yeah, you imagine? Bonnie, I think that's why it's so important to make sure you understand who you're, who you're building this for and validating yes. that. You know, Coming up with an idea is something very important, but actually making sure that it's something that 
other people want is equally as important. Yes. You can't, you can't just wake up and say, oh yeah, this idea will sell millions. You actually have to go out there and say, would you buy this? And make sure a lot of people say yes to that. Interesting. And it's when we go to the store and we see stuff we never saw before on the, on the shelf, on the rack, and we say, oh, wow, I wonder where that came from. Somebody thought of it. Let's just leave it there. Sam St. Raymond has sent me a wonderful quote from Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. Nobody on this panel was alive when this movie came out in 1939. I can vouch for that. Gone with the Wind, 1939, American epic historical romance film. Ah, adapted from the 1936 novel by Margaret Mitchell, set in the American South against the backdrop of the American Civil War and Reconstruction era. Tells the story of Scarlett O'Hara, played by Vivian Lee, the strong-willed daughter of a Georgia plantation owner. It follows her romantic pursuit of Ashley Wilkes, played by Leslie Howard, the actor, who is married to her, his cousin, Melanie Hamilton, played by Olivia de Havilland, and her subsequent marriage to Rhett Butler, Clark Gable. And I have to tell all of you, I don't know if you know this, Sam, but the search for Scarlet, and it's in quotes on, on Wikipedia, 1,400 women were interviewed to play Scarlett yes. O'Hara, 1,400 mm-hmm. women, and the casting was actually pla- praised, and people said that Vivian Lee was the best choice. The movie set the record for the total number of wins and nominations at the Academy Awards at the time. At the 12th, 12th Academy Awards, it received 10 awards. Very, very interesting. Best picture, best director, best adapted screenplay, best actress, best supporting actress, Hattie McDaniel. She was the first African-American to win an Academy Award. So this was quite quite a record-setting movie. Here's the quote. There's so many quotes you could have picked from this movie, Sam, and I love the one you, after all, tomorrow is another day. So talk to me. How'd you find this one? Go ahead, Sam. You know, I just, I kind of admire her um, tenacity, you know, and yeah, we know she was kind of a hot mess and she loved probably some of the wrong people. Um, but I think that tomorrow is another day. It, it just shows her uh, commitment to uh, pushing through to the next day, letting tomorrow go, you know, let's go on to the next day or yesterday go, let's go on to the next day. And she was an innovator uh, in her own right. Um, She was a force to be reckoned with. And she did a lot of things that uh, women weren't doing at that time. So I I kind of admired that, that character that, that she played with that. Um, And, and again, after this or during the civil war uh, roles with men and women were also changing at that time again. So um, she really kind of stood out to me and I just admired that about that character that um, she just went for it. Even when she wasn't sure she didn't know what to do. um, She was kind of out of her element, but she still, she still pursued her, uh, her passions and her dreams, her men. Her, her men and and Sam, I was almost thinking you would pick the quote from Rhett Butler. Frankly, I think it was frankly Scarlet. I don't give a damn, and that could be a quote on inventions. If somebody is saying, "I don't give a damn whether you invent Brian the way to the little ratchets at the top," I don't give a damn, and you're saying, "Oh yes, you do. Your life will be much more pleasant in your kitchen if you buy my invention." We'll just leave it at that. Thank you, Sam. Beautiful quote. I think this is the first time we've had "Gone with the Wind" on one of my shows, nice. so I appreciate that. And yes, she was feisty and she hot mess. We didn't even know that. Those two words put together. 
back then. Oh, my goodness. Let's move to our predictions. We have time to cover a few of them. Brian Fried, I'm going to go to prediction number one. I'll read it, and then why don't you take about 90 seconds or so. Two minutes. I'll give you a whole two minutes, Brian. I'm not clocking you, and Aaron, my engineer, will not throw you off the show. He's very polite. So, Brian says, companies will look to outsource more product innovation from inventors. Brian Freed, talk to me. What does this mean? Well, I think that uh, there's companies out there that need to have a competitive edge, and they have their internal teams. And even just this morning, I'm working on something with somebody, and I went outside of my conversation to get another opinion, and I'm probably going to get another two or three opinions. And I think that's what happens sometimes in companies where they're kind of on the, on the track, they're on the fast track, they're innovating, they're bringing things out. And when they're going to trade shows or however they end up presenting to buyers or, or whoever they're selling to, they have to be ahead of the game. They have to have something new and innovative and something that's going to make them different than everybody else out there. So they can keep doing what they're doing but maybe they need some more. And that's where inventors come in, is that we might have what they're looking for and they just don't know it. So I think that uh, as competition continues to increase, um, as innovation continues to increase, because a lot of people out there are looking for innovation or invention to really have some kind of residual income to eventually turn into full full uh your full salary and the way you make a living and hopefully even more um so i think that between the increase of in uh, of companies looking to add to their product lines and inventors continuing to flourish out there i think those two matching will make it so companies will say you know what let's take a look and see what's out there let's be selective let's find people or other companies that are out there that have great innovation, maybe have some intellectual property like a patent and say, you know what, let's make a deal. Let, let's add your product to our product line. You earn a royalty. Maybe we'll sell your you'll sell your patent to us. And that's what's happened. And I think it's going to continue to happen. Thank you very much, Brian. Let's go to Alex Stahl. Alex, prediction number one, you know I love to talk about 3D printing. I had on my TV show in New York, Brian, I had somebody who was working with uh, two young men who were inventing or they had, they were customizing a 3D printer and they brought it to my TV studio. It was huge. It was clunky. It made a lot of noise and they made a little pencil cup for me out of plastic and it's additive manufacturing. So Alex's prediction is alternative manufacturing will become a mainstay, 3D printing, etc. Inventors need to embrace new ways of prototyping and new ways of manufacturing. Not only can it quickly validate ideas, it has great potential to reduce manufacturing costs. Alex, why don't you take a couple minutes? Love to hear about all of these alternatives. Alex Thal, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So as a product development agency, we're doing our best to minimize costs for our clients. And one of the largest costs we always face comes at the end when we're doing the design for manufacturing phase and we're figuring out if we're going to need to injection mold, um, whatever it may be for whatever the product is. Um, something that we're beginning to really specialize in and offer to our clients are our alternative manufacturing methods. And why this is so important is when you're innovating and when you're inventing, you want to quickly validate the idea. You want to quickly validate if the certain way we did something is going to work or not work. And Brian mentioned prototyping 
early on. And that is so vital to making the product as best as it can be. So using additive manufacturing, we can quickly quickly pump out prototypes and quickly put together focus groups to do testing, what have you, whatever that may be, to validate and say, okay, we need to take this change and this change, combine that, do one more round and go from there. And not only have we done this using additive manufacturing, but now the technology is so advanced that we can get production-like parts out of 3D printers. So those clean, crisp lines that you get from injection molding, we're now starting to see out of in additive manufacturing and you're not spending 60 grand on a mold and then uh, you know per piece cost you're now spending x amount on piece and you can do as many or as few as you want and it's really changing the way we're seeing people build products and the way we're seeing them launch we're seeing um, adidas create their 3d printed soles for their shoes now mm -hmm. um, which is enormous they've got a huge reduction in waste because they're not wasting a pattern piece of material now. So using additive manufacturing, they're able to do that. We're seeing a huge shift in, in how people are building products. Thank you. Absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you. And, you know, 3D printing has been around for decades, but the cost of the mechanism, if you will, has been coming down with a point where I think some people, what, 300 bucks for a, a small 3D printer, Alex, you can get Yeah, I, Bonnie, I couldn't agree more. You're starting to see the quality of the machines rise and the price come down. Not even that, but you're seeing the material offerings flourish. We're seeing materials that could never be 3D printed now be 3D printed. We're seeing carbon fiber get added to 3D prints to strengthen them. It's incredible. Do you remember a couple of years ago, Alex, you might, Sam, you might, Brian, maybe too. I think there was a graduate student at Harvard University or Columbia who was 3D printing lipstick. She was designing lipstick. You remember, Alex? She made the news, and I don't know whether she actually got to create the lipstick or the case and part of the manufacturing process. I don't think it was a full end-to-end -end production, but she made the news because she was using 3D printing for That's that. Awesome. And, and we know we know it can be used for weaponry. We know that. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, getting getting through all kinds of uh, metal detectors with plastics. We weren't going to go there. Uh, but but uh, limbs, prosthetics, uh, all kinds food. of food. What? What brand? They're doing 3D printing food? Yeah. Does it taste good? <laughs> I haven't tried yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but so I, know they just do. Gonna, I just want to give a, a little bit of an example for people that may not be privy <laughs> to 3D printing. So everyone knows what a hot glue gun is. Everyone's used a yeah. hot glue gun. If yeah. you turn that completely vertical and you have a think of a robotic arm moving that hot glue in certain positions. That's what 3D printing is. You're melting a plastic and extruding it uh, and it comes out in this tiny little line and that line is built upon layer upon layer to create a part. And what's great about this is we're seeing production parts that could never be injection molded before, which mm -hmm. is incredible. So the designs are really starting to become even more eccentric and, and uh, outgoing. We just added a new word to our vocabulary about inventions and of ex that's right, Sam, you picked it up right away. Eccentric, creativity, curiosity, frustration, annoying, right? Evolution. And now we have eccentric. Think outside the box, dare to be different, dare to commit. I think commitment and we have passion too. I'm adding commitment and passion. But before we go too far afield in this, and I love the vocabulary building, I want to go to Sam's prediction number one. Interesting. She says, the power of direct response advertising will produce more sales for new inventors as more platforms are developed results in will more access to buyers. Sam, please unpack this for me. Interesting. Go ahead. 
Well, I think it's it's great that we you know we can talk about product development and or, or uh, taking a product and improving on it um, from an existing product. But at the end of the day, when you do have a product, you've got to reach your audience, right? You've got to sell your product, or you know you're going to sit on it. So I think with all the advancing or all the different platforms from Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you know, Facebook, all these different platforms uh, are resulting more of direct response TV. So direct response, meaning um, my understanding of it, you know, you see an advertisement uh, through one of your Facebook or your Instagram feeds, and you're seeing the same commercial for a particular product. You know, that intent is for you to click on that link and get a direct response and get a purchase right there. Um, and a lot of people know social media advertising is a lot less expensive than it was than it is to um, newspaper print, television, things like that. So for a small um, inventor like myself, um, that's a great platform for people to see my product over and over and over again. And, you know, I don't have a big entity behind me of thousands of dollars worth of advertising marketing dollars. So I think it's a great platform. And I think as time evolves, we're going to see more and more different platforms. You know, I'm not a TikToker, so I don't really know a lot about TikTok. Um, but just that's a great example of something that we didn't have a couple of three years ago. So in the future, how many more platforms, social media type connections are there going to be? So I think there's a strong area there for, for you know, new and young innovators. Thank you very much. New and young. So you could be an older person demographically and be a young innovator or young inventor if you're new to it. Right, Sam? Yeah, I would agree with that. Sure. Interesting. Very interesting. I've always wanted to invent something and I had something in mind. I don't know if anybody, well, we'll talk after the show. Prediction number two, Brian Free. Let's see if we can do one more round. We've got 10 minutes left for the show because we're on live radio. Brian says, online sales will continue to make it much easier for an inventor to launch products. Uh, online sales. What do you think, Brian? How's this working? Well, just to kind of piggyback off of what Sam's saying is that, yes, you have social media, but these days, you know, you don't have to be in a big box retail store to be successful. You can make your product, even the way Alex mentioned, is to do additive printing. Just like you can print something today and sell it today. And for me, having that accomplishment of being able to make something and sell it and have people use it for the reason that you came up with it. Let's hear it for New York. No, I'm just kidding. Like that's <laughs> No, that's the inspiration that I'm talking about is like, oh, that feels good. Like I can go to the store and I see my product on the shelf. Of course. It's Ugh. like it's like that. That's the great. It's such a great feeling. Forget about the money and all that other stuff. Just to know that you came up with something. And that's I know the way that Alex and Sam feel because yeah. Alex is printing things all day long and he sees things on a computer printing and Sam sees her product that she's already invented and working on her next one, which is amazing. So I think that you can come up with something and these days you don't have to as much as, uh, you know, I, I still feel young. I, I've seen when 3D printing started back in the day, um, it wasn't easy. You couldn't even find somebody with a 3D printer or mm -hmm. an engineer that made things. So it's yep. really cool to know that you can think of something today, get something drawn out, put on a CAD file, print it out, see it, and then you can sell it right away. <clears throat> But even if you wanted to manufacture, you, there's, there's 
easier ways to manufacture and there's plenty of opportunity with Amazon and, and Etsy and all these, all these type of platforms that are out there. Walmart.com, it's not that difficult to get your product out there these days and turn your idea into not only an invention, but also an entrepreneur, if you want to add that one to your glossary. I do. Glossary, there's a new word for us. Brian, I was going to ask you about prediction number three, and I went to number two, and I realized it was an add-on for Sam. But Brian, I just have a, a, a question for you before Alex. I'm going to move on to Alex's prediction because right. I want to get a couple more in. Brian, can you be a part-time inventor? And this goes to the comments about residual income. Can you have a full-time job, have a family, be teaching your kids at home because school their schools aren't open? Can you be doing everything we're doing in our pandemic era right now and still be an inventor who brings products to market and gets that additional residual income? Yes or no, Brian? Yes, anything is possible. Balance out your life. Uh, when one outweighs the other, you can shift. Until then, there's nothing wrong with doing both and uh, keeping your day job, keeping your bread and butter going, and uh, there's nothing wrong with earning residual income. You might have a single, double, triple that's bringing you in some extra cash. You always look for the home run, but listen, life is all about balance. Thank wow, that was heavy. That was really good. Thank you very much, Brian. Alex, I'm looking at prediction number two here. This is interesting. You say consumer products will become more personalized one-off. That's versus, it's mass customization versus assembly line. I'm going to make a million of these. Too bad if you wanted one in blue. You know what Henry Ford said, you can have any color you want as long as it's black. And and there was a reason for that. It wasn't, he was being nasty, apparently. It was because that's the only, that's the color that dried the fastest, I understand, for car paint. Uh, Inventors need to consider how their idea can be customized to each consumer. I'm going to stop there. Uh, Alex, this is very, very interesting. Give us a little insight here on this prediction, please. And Sam, I'll find one for you next. Go ahead, Alex. So I'm going to piggyback off what Brian said. He's totally right. Additive manufacturing has made a huge push very, very recently. It's very accessible. It's easy to obtain. But he's also right in the fact that um, traditional manufacturing methods have greatly reduced in cost. We're seeing a lot more come back to the States where it's easier to get prototypes, easier, easier to get samples. Um, which is pretty incredible. But as far as consumer products becoming more customized, uh, I'm going to go back to the Adidas shoe example here for a second. Um, imagine you get your insoles uh, custom, right? You have a little bit of an arch support that you need. Adidas can now build this into the sole. So every shoe that they pump out is completely customized. It has to be 3D printed anyway. If they add a little bit more of an arch support, it's just for you anyway. That shoe is going to you regardless. So it's really incredible how we're seeing these more custom products on a mass scale, um, we'll call it mass production scale, but still completely customized, um, reduced uh, material costs, reduced time. Um, it's all really incredible. So I, I think what I'm trying to say is, what is it like for these inventors to think like that now that we're in this incredible age of additive manufacturing? What's it like to develop a product that they can secure protection on, but also customize for each individual case? Thank you very much. And that's exciting. That's very, very exciting. The flexibility of a, of a production line being able Add to- Add that one to your glossary, flexibility. I will. Flexibility. I feel like we're playing picnic. 
flexibility, agility, fluidity, and the ability to pivot. Right, Alex? We got them all in there. I I do shows on supply chain and digitalization for big companies in in industries all over the world. And that's what we talk about. Those who digitalized early pre-pandemic have now the ability to be flexible, agile, and pivot whatever they're doing and maybe go into a completely blurred line. Industry lines are blurred. We know that. Sam, one prediction from you, and then we're going to wrap up. So Sam said, this is very, very interesting. I think she's going to have fun with this. Transportation accessories, in quotes, is going to be a new market for innovators and inventors focused on futuristic travel and means of travel. I'm getting ready to say, oh, are the Jetsons coming to a flyby near us? (laughs) Sam, talk to me. What is this about? Sam, two minutes, and then we're going to wrap up. Go ahead. Yeah, I think we're giving away our age when we're talking about the Jetsons because I totally grew up on the Jetsons and who doesn't want flight in space? So when I was looking up your show and doing a little research on on your show, I, I kind of really pulled this way out of the box. You know, we're not there yet. But if we're really talking about futuristic, um, I think travel accessories are going to be a really hot item, especially for inventors. You know, there there's so many things that, I, I can even think of just a few of them. What what ladies will need if they're flying um, hover space, and there's just I just think it's going to be an open market. If you're really going to think ahead, you know, 20, 25 years from now, I, I mean, I don't know, but we know it's coming. So if, if that futuristic thought, if you can get on the ground floor of, of of start developing or creating something now, I mean, you may have the next really big big item that's going to happen in 20 years from now. So if we look back 20 years ago, it's just like Brian and um, they were just saying that, you know, the, the, the 3D printing, how much that's evolved. So we know travel is evolving. We know it is. We see it already. Um, so I just think there's going to be a new open market uh, for, for innovation. Thank you. That's the next frontier, frontier, yes. frontier, frontier. Ours that fly. There we go. I'm going to do a closing call to action. Alex, remember for your app person, this is for them, the Monday Apps Challenge. Monday Apps Challenge is bringing developers around the world together to compete, to build apps that can improve the way teams work together on monday.com. That's my sponsor. Whether it's to help marketing, construction, sales, real estate, software developers, any industry, industry, any role, any team in between, monday.com is looking for impactful, out-of-the-box, simply amazing apps. Isn't that what all we're looking for, all you inventors and, and innovators, right? Something that's simply amazing. It's simple, it's amazing, and it's simply amazing. Simply amazing apps to include and even feature in monday.com's apps marketplace, which is coming soon. So check it out at monday, monday.com forward slash future f-u-t-u-r-e all lowercase no capital letters in there that's the code for my show we have a minute and a half left so i don't think we have time for closing closing in closing predictions i think we've been predicting uh brian freed such a pleasure you outdid yourself today i'm gonna call you a kid because i can uh alex tall alex tall such a pleasure to meet you you are so articulate and focused and you're just so damn smart i don't know Oh, thanks for having me Bonnie. very impressive and sam samantha jane sam saint raymond i love the energy and the creativity and thank you so much for bringing your passion you exemplified the passion of the inventor and brian i'll let you have the closing word one sentence what's your advice for wannabe inventors who are listening and saying, well, I really have something in mind. Should they or shouldn't they? Brian, one sentence, that's it. When you are in the middle of something, doing something, wherever you are, just 
you see something that's going to make a difference or make things easier for you, stop, write it down, do your research, go through some of the steps that we've spoken about and just keep moving forward and keep on inventing. There you go. Make it happen. Make it happen, Make right? It happen. Make it happen. There you go. Brian Freed, Alex Dahl, Sam St. Raymond. Thank you so much. I'm so honored that you spent time there. Put your hands together for my engineer extraordinaire, Aaron Keller, who gets us on the air and keeps us there. And thank you to Ryan Treasure, VP of everything, I call him. Sorry about that. VP of operations at World Talk Radio Voice America, who is the voice, my co-producer here and the voice of the intro to the show. So thank you to Ryan and thank you to my guests. Thank you all to, for tuning into Tech Rev. We call it fondly Tech Rev, technology revolution, the future of now. Remember, somebody says to you, the future is already here. You put your hands on your hip and you say to them, no, that's not true. That was yesterday's future. Today's future didn't happen yet, but we're all here to make it happen and let's make it a better one, a passionate, more exciting, more positive, more loving, more wonderful one. So Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Everybody wave. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel.